0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Wave Ministries.
1: Visit TheWaveColumbus.com for more information. Welcome to The Wave Podcast. I am Danny Ortiz.
0: And I am Ryan McCarsky.
1: Ryan, my brother, how are you doing, my friend?
0: I am great, Danny. How are you doing?
1: Oh, uh, man, I'm up, I'm, I'm up and at it early in the morning. Every time I get up this early, I say early in the morning without rise up in safety. Five o'clock in the morning feels good. Because Amen. I'm with Jesus.
0: <laughs> Amen. Amen. It is how? it is it's a quiet as you know, man, it's the quietest time of the day. I mean, it, you know, and that's the best part. That's how I mean if if people are struggling to hear the Lord, get up early. Why do we why did Jesus mark chapter one verse thirty-five, get up way before the sun? He was up before, way before we we get up. I mean there's no one awake that's how you can hear you hear the father clearly when it's quiet
1: it'll quiet your soul it'll quiet your heart it'll quiet everything else how's the how's the family how's the baby's doing
0: family's doing good uh the little one man she's she's well you're gonna see her in a couple days you're coming over
1: i'm coming over
0: he likes to sit up you know if you if you kind of wedge her into this like the side of the couch she likes to sit up and just smile at ezra and laugh or i i can't i don't know if i can classify as a laugh yet but she's she's smiley man you're gonna she's got she's got personality for days they're fun though man they're doing good
1: i can't wait to see her listen i can't wait to run around so that so that our audience understands Like I have to be ready for exercise when I, when I'm going to my brother's house.
0: Oh man, man. he will run you through a wall.
1: (laughs) So I got (laughs) to eat my Wheaties before I get there, so we can (laughs) run around and get it done. Oh man,
0: food that night.
1: (laughs) We got to get some good food to run around. Listen, I am excited about this topic. I'm excited where we are going um, we just finished, uh, if you haven't heard, go back and li- listen to boasting and boasters. I think uh, that will help you, uh, that will encourage you. It will let you understand again, we, Brian and I are dealing with old Testament and new Testament. Um, I will say, I didn't mean to say old Testament, new Testament, old nature, new nature sometimes seems like old Testament and new Testament. So we are yeah. just having a conversation about old Testament and new Testament. Um, and we'll get into that later on, but yeah, old nature, new nature, how, how, how do we operate in our new nature, understanding that we live in old nature and, and almost giving permission for people to say, it's okay. Jesus knows that you live in old nature. He understands that you live in an old nature body that, that has these cravings and these things. Um, but that's why we walk in the spirit so we don't look for the lust of the flesh. Um, but Ryan, we get to get into the next topic of pride but before we go there i want to read some scriptures because we were talking about this and 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 really what spun out of this was a question that Deb asked me the other day when we were reading um actually you and i have been studying second chronicles 26 which we'll get to that later um but Deb was asking me a question Deb, if for those who don't know is my wife she's an amazing woman we we just uh celebrated our 23rd anniversary so happy anniversary honey uh, and it's been glorious. You know what I mean? God has been good to us, um, faithful. But she asked me a question, Ryan, and I'm going to ask yep. you, I'm going to ask it to you sure. uh, uh, before we jump into these other scriptures. She's like, why do we not teach or even, she, she said teach, why do we not teach the covenant of the blood of Jesus?
0: Oh, that's a great question. I feel like, for people, let's say that that grew up in church, I feel like there's almost an assumption that well, we we already get it. We understand what Jesus did. So people want to explore, I'll call it secondary topics in in reality. It, it's almost like people want to skip over like once they understand the foundation, they feel like, well, okay, it, I think it's natural humanity for us to want to, to know depths of things, when in reality, the depth of what happened at the cross, there's so much depth there, you can't even, you can't understand that. Like, But I think us as humans, it's natural that we think we get it from a very surface level perspective. Yes, we know what Jesus did on the cross and we know what it means, but that's where people leave it. And, and we were talking before we got on here that we never we never scaffold back. That's an education term or we never circle back to in, in anything we're learning. The most important aspect is who Jesus is, what he did on the cross for us. So I think it's like I think it's a humanity thing. I think it's we, we are anxious to learn something new and we already think we get it. When we probably actually don't understand a tenth of what it actually means. That's that's my thought on it. That's
1: so good, and I think a lot of times you're 100% correct. We we think we get it, and the question becomes, and, and then my answer to is we don't believe it. We yep. get it, but we don't believe it because yep. we don't act like it. And what I mean by that is, what jesus did on the cross change the game for humanity mm-hmm. according to romans 518 right remember us reading this we've read this before uh, and if you want to read it you can read it i'm just quoting i'm giving you the synopsis of romans 518 romans 518 is a powerful scripture because of one man sin came and reigned and the judgment of sin came but the same way one man came in yeshua and that changed the game of humanity we do not believe it So what we do is we say, yes, we can see what Jesus did for us, but do we believe the covenant of it? Do we believe that he's true to his word, that he redeemed humanity, that he reconciled the the globe, that I, even though I'm walking in a fallen nature, I can still rest assured that Jesus took my sins upon himself and once and for all eradicate the, the penalty of my sin. Right, that's the key of the cross. He eradicated the penalty of my sin. And we,
0: we live in, I think part of the problem is we live in a very intellectual world where, in reality, I could pick up my phone, and look up any fact that I want. Like like I really could. I could look up the definition of whatever I want. You, I can search commentary and different books for for days. Um, But I think as we grow in knowledge which this this was the original issue of what happened with adam hundred percent adam like god was gonna provide for adam and eve and he took like god was gonna take out the and i don't want to say he was going to take out the curiosity because that's not right but adam didn't need to have the knowledge of everything all he had to do was meet with the father and meet with the Lord, and understand, like, they were going to teach him, and that's all he really needed to know, but the thirst, and this is a problem in the world, and it will continue to be a problem, and continue to grow, I I believe, the thirst for knowledge is outweighing faith, and the problem with the newest generation, and I got, I'm going to have to fight this with my son being little, is he's going to have knowledge for days,
1: 100%,
0: But is he going to have faith, faith for days, faith for life? And that's the battle. It's the the people that are super intellectual, that faith at times is a struggle because they can't see it. They have to believe it. And that's where we're running into. I think that's where we're also running into a problem in in the age that we're in.
1: And I love that you framed it that way because it's, it hits on what we, a topic that we're going to talk about today, which is pride, right? Yep. It literally, right? That wanting to be exalted, wanting to know is really wanting to be God. Like, I am so smart that I can outsmart God, right? I don't have to believe in a God. I am a God, right? And so when you take that on, yep. <laughs> right, when the lust of that pride then gets elevated, right? Faith, there's a faith believing even when we don't see right but we we want to we we wanted to have that proof that no i want to prove to you that this is the way life should go i want to prove to you and again this is what we do with sin this is why we still have this earning of sin right because there is no way we we don't we really don't believe that the penalty of that sin is taken care of i have to then prove to god right that I'm good enough for his love. I got to prove to God. So I'm going to I'm gonna take on this pride of saying, I got this. Instead of like, no, God knows that you don't got it. God knows that you're human and that you're going to, that you're, that you're frailty, right? That, that he knows what your limitations of the flesh. So that's yeah. why the importance of Jesus, because he knows the limitations. You're saying to God, no, I'm going to prove to you that I'm going to earn what you give me.
0: That's so good, Danny. And yeah, and I, I think there's there's many, including people in, in the Christian walk that still like teeter on this, I gotta prove I got because I say I'm a Christian, I better be perfect or I fall into failure. And I, I think we just need to reframe it. Like, like we don't we don't understand, like you said, what Jesus did and that he is the one that god sees not you like now that you come you on what he sees jesus
1: he doesn't and see it, to, 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 you know what i mean 100 percent. that's why paul always went after the revelation of jesus paul always went after having more to, to be revealed of jesus if i
0: if i murdered that many people i i mean i would definitely have to be have the faith of paul think about it like if you are a serial murderer and now you're preaching this, you better believe it because you know you weren't a good man. Like you weren't a good man.
1: And so he was constantly like, pursuing that. He was constantly pursuing, I gotta get Jesus revealed. I gotta get, he told you all the stuff that I've done in God, I counted as done. Why? So I get more revelation of Jesus. More, why? Because that fresh revelation keeps me in awe and wonder that you would love me so much, right? that you eradicate the penalty of sin for me because of your love. And I don't I have to earn it. I don't have to work it. I just have to walk it. I heard something this week, but I'll say it after I read these two scriptures. I'm going to read Ephesians 2.8. Now we're going to get to second Timothy. Everybody understand it. We want, we, we'll get to the beginnings of it. to where we go next, but listen to Ephesians 2, eight through nine. We know this, but I want to read it slowly for by grace. Ephesians 2, chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. (laughs) There it goes. By grace you have been saved, and that not of yourself. So understand this. You can never save yourself. You can never save yourself. You can never, no matter what you do, doesn't bring salvation to you. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Now, look into Titus 3, 4 to 7. Picks up the same topic. Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 7. So, salvation, I can't work it. I can't make it happen. I can't. Why? Because if I do earn it myself, I'm going to then boast about it. I'm not gonna be prideful about it. I'm gonna say I got this, right? Which is my whole. Uh, I, I, I gotta slow down. Let <laughs> me just read. Let me read Titus chapter three, verses four to seven. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Saviour, chose man, appeared, not by works of righteousness. His kindness didn't come because he knew that you can work righteousness, which we have done. But according to his mercy, he saves us through the washing of the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Christ Jesus, or Jesus Christ our Savior, and that having been justified by his grace, not by your works, not by your own righteousness, but by his grace, should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I heard somebody say this week, Ryan. righteousness is inherited, not earned. Holiness is inherited, not earned. I can't take that quote from me. It was from somebody else. Holiness is earned, not in. So we have been teaching a gospel, especially in America, that you have to become holy. You already are holy because Jesus is in you. You already yep. are righteous because Jesus is in you. Now I'm going to take that thought a, a step further. And I know this is going to sound sacrilegious, but you can't get any more righteous than what you are. You can't get any more holy than what you are. If it, it can be revealed more in you, but you can't get more of it. Why? Because he's fully righteous he's fully holiness and yep. he lives inside of you. And so we have been preaching for years you got to get holy. You got to get holy so that God can see you good. You got to get holy. You got to get righteous so that God can see you good. No, God sees you good and right standings with him because of what Jesus did on the cross. And and then everything you do in reading scripture, you I'm going to use your terminology, you circle back through the covenant of the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Even, in yep. later, even in Old Testament, we're going to read this later. Even an Old Testament story If I don't see an Old Testament story through who Jesus is, I can then get caught up back in works and back into earning my way into righteousness and earning my way into holiness. I can't earn holiness. I inherit holiness because of what Jesus did on the cross. I can't earn righteousness. I inherit righteousness because of what Jesus, because he's fully righteous. He's fully holy. And if he's in me, I'm fully righteous. And I'm fully holy. Now I may not manifest that all the time because why? I live in an old nature dynamics. I have new nature, which is Jesus fully alive in me, but I have my flesh, which is old nature, that's also fully trying to live. And these things are contrary to one another. I said a lot, Ryan. Woo! <laughs> I I think I think it's very
0: um, very much like humanity to almost not want to feel as though because Jesus is in us, we are as holy and as righteous as we're going to get because it takes out the satisfaction that we have to work towards a goal. I feel like that's that's the essence of what humanity does, which is Here's my aim and I'm going for it and I'm going to work because I think instinctually that puts some back on our plate to say that I did it as opposed to when Jesus died and filled us with the spirit, he did it. And I think that that might be the essence of what we're looking at here, which is we like to explain how hard we worked. To get to how good we actually are in anything. And that would include how holy we are. I think that's what we're dealing with here from a human perspective.
1: I love that because it is we again, and that's that's an orphan spirit, right? That's I've got to prove myself, right? And not understanding that Jesus fully satisfied, Jesus fully did everything that he needed to do once he died. And his blood was a hundred percent sufficient. God didn't require another sacrifice. It was not, again, that's why we, again, I'm going to say it again. Everything you see through the Old Testament, you you see laws and requirements. What you Mm -hmm. see with Jesus, Jesus changes his game, right? Because he fully fully fulfilled the requirements. He fully fulfilled what was needed. He fully did it on his own. Didn't need your help. Didn't need your, your encouragement. He did it because he said, I choose to go on the cross. I choose to die for humanity. And this is where we get a disconnect where we don't really understand the love of Christ for us, right? Because we feel like we have to learn, earn his love. I have to earn God's love. I have to earn God's approval. And this is where we need an encounter with the love of God. Because when you encounter the love of God, what it does, it breaks that I have to now earn this love. It, it, it gets you understanding how frail you are and how minute of a human you are, that this God will love you just the way you are.
0: And, and that's, that's just it. We were in a, um, a self-improvement world where it's like, hey, you're not good enough at, at this. So figure out every way to get better and better and better. And again, I'm not against like trying to get better at things, but then we apply that to being holy, and then then we we have an air about us when we feel like we've gotten to the point of we've achieved holiness. There's men of God, men of God in quotes. Let me just put that, at, and everyone knows the voice I would use. The men of God, you know, when they feel like they they've put in the time and they're esteemed enough. That that I've made it to some level of holiness. When, dude, when you got saved and got filled with the Spirit, you already got it. But Come on, don't, man. Don't get that because we don't preach that though. Like that's never that's never said. It's always in the context of well, you know. I've even heard like, well, I'm only like, not even close to a percent like Jesus. And 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 it's hard because I, I I've heard that Yo. it's like.
1: Your flesh is not
0: <laughs> spirit. Like you have the spirit.
1: Come on, you man. May not,
0: you may not show him the way he walked, but you are, you are like, yes. thing, is you are like Jesus. You're filled with Jesus.
1: A hundred percent.
0: It's that you, you operate in your old nature. And Come on,
1: know,
0: man. Nature. Like that's it. That's, I think that's how it needs to be framed. 10% of the time you operate in your old nature and 90% you operate in your old nature, but you're filled with Jesus, but we're uh-huh. not, we don't, frame it, we don't frame it that way.
1: Man. And this is where we deal with pride and arrogance. You said something powerful because we get these arrogant folks and I won't name names. I won't name people. And I won't even say preacher non-preacher but people that they think I've earned a status. So then I I'm judging everybody else. Yep. I'm looking at everybody else like these peasant people. These peasant <laughs> folks cannot be as holy as I am. I was the one, again, it's the guy beating his chest before Jesus and saying, I am the righteous to, I keep my tithing. And the other one's like, no, I'm lowly, right? You got the, the one, and Jesus said, who's the one greater here, right? Not the one that says he's keeping all the laws, the one that understands He's a frailty man. Go ahead, man. I'm stirring you up. <laughs> uh, no, the, the script. No, you you brought up the
0: script, the story of the the Pharisee, and I don't even know what he'd be classified as, the sinner. I don't know where the Pharisee. They're both up at the temple, right? And the Pharisee. I I even I don't remember the exact um which book which book it's exactly in, but the Pharisee looks at him and is like, "Oh, thank goodness that I." I I give I give and that I I know I keep the law all the time and that I, I do this and that I'm not like that sinner there, and he walks away. The Pharisee walks away and the sinner can't even look up because he feels like he's just the worst. And the truth is, we are that person that that can't look up. Come on, but man. We, we never relate it. Like we say we don't relate. Like we say we're not like the Pharisee. Heck yeah, I've been a Pharisee
1: many times. Listen, I tell you, when you read the scriptures, you I'm better read it. Hey,
0: you never know. You're a you
1: Pharisee, know? Sadducee. That's who you are, man. That's who we are. Like, again, we it's weird how we read the scriptures and we always want to be the hero. <laughs> like, oh, I'm that guy. No, I'm really obvious. Let's go to Second Timothy 3, 1 and 2. 2 yep. Timothy 3, 1 and 2. And all we're going to do in the next 10 minutes is just cover what pride is. Yep. Right. Yep. And then uh, then next week, I, I don't even know we're going to be have time to get into Uzziah. Um, but we'll, right. g- we we want to get into that next week because we want to frame a look on how we look. How we look at Old Testament, I think there's a great teaching and maybe we'll get into that next week. How do we see the Old Testament through a Christ center point of view? How do we yep. circle it back to Jesus so that we don't get caught up in these teachings that really is about performing. It's really about, and and it is saying there's a penalty they're going to get out of it. So we'll hit that next week. But Second Timothy three one and two says, "But know this that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, and proud." So we're going to deal with the old nature of pride, right? And so there's the old nature of pride. Then there's the opposite new nature. The opposite new nature is humility. I'm going to say right around pride and humility. We're going to deal with pride and humility. We're going to talk about the old nature first pride. And then we're going to talk about in probably four weeks, the new nature and humility, because <laughs> it's going to be a while before we get there. But um, give us the definition of pride. Uh, why don't you, uh, Ryan? For sure.
0: So if we look at pride and we looked at, I looked up the Greek word and it's hyper, hyperphano H-Y-P-E-R- e p h a n o i probably didn't pronounce it right but that's okay um the meaning interesting the first meaning was boastful which we just talked about boasters so first meaning of proud is boastful you have arrogance and you have reveler arrogant always stands out man someone prideful you have that they have ear.
1: now do you know what reveler so that folks should know reveler is verbal abuse is using abusive language over somebody that's literally the definition of reveler i know we read that a lot in the new testament and we don't see the definition of that the word reveler literally means verbal abuse so it's the arrogant person that uses verbal language to abuse other people wow now come on hello right so that's pride. now this is weird many people may not un- know the definition of pride that we that we just gave you the definition of pride or even the webster dictionary of, of pride but we know what it feels like and we know like no human has to tell you like you already know like you already categorized that oh yeah that's pride and i want to know i want everyone to know this because i want to say this before uh, i'm going to have you read uh, psalms 104 here yep. uh, so we're going to read the definition of pride from a scripture point of view all right so you already know it's an arrogant boastful person someone who verbally abuses other people someone who thinks he's better right someone who who looks at others less than right and someone that thinks i'm 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 a better person you know what i mean i, I could do better right and so i w- go ahead and read psalm 10 Sure. So Psalms
0: 10 4 says, the wicked in his proud countenance, does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. Ooh, that's right. a that's
1: so, before we jump well, in there, let, sure. let me say this. Every human I want to say this loud for those who I don't care if you're driving doing dishes right now. I want you to pause for a second. Let me let me let, let me let you into on a little secret. Every human that's on earth right now deals with the spirit of pride. Mm -hmm. I know some folks, every one of us, like you know why we know pride, what pride is? Because we deal with it. We deal with this thing ourselves, right? Now, some of us um, show it in other ways. Some of us manifest it more. Some of us are dying to that sinful nature. But if you live in the flesh, The nature of the flesh, the old nature, if you live in it, which we all live in it, the old nature is gravitated to pride, is gravitated to arrogance, is gravitated to our Adamic nature of wanting to be, right, better than God or a God, right? And so here you read, the wicked is proud, his proud confidence does not seek God. God is in none of his thoughts. So when you look at pride, what is pride? Pride, I was I was looking at this Ryan, and I know I texted that day that the Holy Spirit said, yep. "Pride is the opposite of God." Yep. yep. Pride is the opposite of God. Pride is everything God is not. Right? Pride here through Psalm is how is 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 saying it. In my proud countenance, I want nothing to do with God. I don't even think about God. I am opposite of who God is. But Go
0: I was just thinking pride. Pride is, pride is this. I could rely on myself. But the opposite, which is humility, is basically saying I, I need to be dependent. I am dependent upon God. I'm dependent upon the spirit. It's it's the it's it's complete opposite that you think you're you can do it yourself versus I know I can't do it myself.
1: A hundred. Listen, again, the wickedness is in his proud countenance and your pride. You don't want to see God. Why? Because you now are a God yourself. Yep. And God is your competitor. God is your nemesis. <laughs> think about this. It says that's, God is in none of your thoughts. Go ahead. Sounds like
0: Lucifer to me.
1: It is Lucifer. Um, it is exactly what Lucifer did. He, he looked kn- at God and he said, "I want to be your competitor." I mean he knew
0: I mean think about it. if you if you read about Lucifer in, in Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, he knows he was beautiful, he knows he was beautiful, he knows he was musically talented. he knows he was one of the top created beings, right, along with Michael and Gabriel. He knew like he, he knew that like he understood that. And then his pride came in and he was like, well, I'm going to be like God.
1: Mm, Come on, man.
0: That proud statement had him sent down so fast. Jesus said, it's like, I saw, I saw Lucifer hit the ground like lightning. Think about how fast lightning is. That's fast. Uh Listen, you're gone,
1: man. And we all struggle with this God conscience, this God, I would say God complex. Right, where we want to control, what we want to do, and when we wanna make people, and, and like even in our everyday, we can see us wanting to be God, right? And we wanted to control yeah. our own lives. And, we, and especially in this generation, I'm telling you, this generation, and I'm to say everyone of us that's living today, because of the knowledge, because of the actions of knowledge, we thinking, man, I'm better than God. Like I'm a God. I can listen, do you understand? we are, we're at a point where we can create other humans right now. Like, that's where yeah. we at. And so that gives you this God complex where, oh, I'm going to be God. And that's the ideology nature. Now look at, at Proverbs 6.16. Let's go to Proverbs. And we're going to, and we're going to, we're going to end it in Galatians 5. But, but again, we, the definition of pride it, it a, a easy definition we're gonna know it's both so we know it's arrogant, but a deeper is the everything opposite of God, right? Is is that which don't want to seek God. But Proverbs 6, 16 says this. You got it, Ryan? Uh yeah, I'm getting there.
0: Yeah, I got it. Oh, that's a good
1: one. Oh, yeah. read that for us because it's gonna kind of give you mama. We're saying it's opposite of who God is. Pride is opposite of God. Go ahead.
0: So, I'm going to read verse 16, then I'll read the first part of 17, okay? Yep. So Proverbs six sixteen says, these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. Here's what verse 17 says. A proud look, a lying tongue. Let's just stop there. He said a proud look was first. He said these six things the Lord hates, and the first one is a proud look. That should, that should speak volumes if that's listed first.
1: It's the first thing that's listed. That's,
0: that's in front of hands that shed innocent blood. That was in front of that. That was third.
1: Read 18 and 19. Go ahead and read it all. Okay. So that-
0: a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who, law, who speaks lies, and one who sows discord Among brethren, out of all those, shedding innocent blood, having wicked plans, running to the first one is pride. There's something to be said about that. Like, if that's listed first, like, there's something God
1: hates pride, He hates it, man. And thank God that I'm gonna say this loud thank God for Jesus. thank god for the blood of jesus i'm gonna end this like i started this thank god for the blood of jesus because if it had not been for the blood of jesus god can't even look at us pleasant why because we're so proud and so arrogant so jesus changes the game that what that that we're not looked by god through what our flesh is we look at god through what our spirit is, he sees me through the blood, he sees me regenerated, he sees my spirit man renewed, because of what Jesus did, this is why it's important, and we're going to teach this next week, to look at everything through a Christ, uh, in the Greek, and uh, I mean the, 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 the theological term is Christocentric, Christocentric literally means everything through Christ-centric, everything circling back to Jesus, why? Because when you read some of these penalties of the Old Testament, you're like, who can be saved? No, Jesus changes the game that yeah. a proudful person like Satan has to be like light, lightning cast away from him. Jesus changes the game that God deals with humanity differently in the sense of, I know my humans are prideful. I know these sons and daughters, they flesh are running to pride. But yeah. that... That penalty of that is taken care of in the blood of Christ. And so that's why, because there is always a war. And we're going to end with Galatians 5.17. We always say the scripture, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Like Jesus knows, the Father knows, the Holy Spirit knows that you live in a flesh that is contrary to him. He understands this. He has this knowledge already of it. He understands it from every view that you can put, that he understands that you are housed in the flesh, That contrary, a flesh that wants to be a Lord, a flesh that wants to be God, a flesh that wants to control, a flesh that wants to live in pride. And bozo he understands this. And that's why the blood of Jesus is so powerful and so important for us to understand.
0: Amen, Danny. I, uh, I think the big thing we need to make sure that we pray about today is we pray that the Holy Spirit highlights to us when we are being prideful, not if I'm going to say when, because I'm sure I will fall into pride or a prideful thought today because I'm, I'm a human, but I know that if I ask the Holy Spirit to highlight it to me, he will instantaneously check me and, and, and say, hey, look, like that, that right there, that's what I'm talking about when we're, when we're talking about pride. And I think we, we want to be encouraged when the spirit checks us, because that means, one, we're hearing the spirit, but we actually also understand how much he loves us. He doesn't want us to be prideful. He doesn't want us to come across as, as a prideful, boastful, arrogant reveler. <laughs> he wants us to come across from a loving perspective he wants us to show Jesus and that's what I always say like one of my mottos that that I is is love God love people show Jesus man and that that's on, my man. prayer for us today that we love God we love people and that let us show Jesus
1: man I can't wait to get into this more next week we are gonna if yeah. you want to study something for next week ah right, listen we we haven't done this in a long time give you homework go read second chronicles 26
0: Whoa. second chronicles 26 Good. read
1: the whole chapter and i would love to hear your thoughts on it you know i mean i really would because i think we see that a lot of people preach that as uh pride and then and again we're going to get into it next week um yep. I can't, we're going to literally hopefully you remind me ryan next week let's go jump straight into that story because okay. i want us to begin to start showing how do we read the old testament and how do we look because i think a lot of preachers out here does it, I'm, I'm just going to say to what it is, they do not understand the old Testament for what it is. Yep. And they deduct things out of the old Testament that I don't think was, we were supposed to ever look at it that way. Um, yep. And though we love you guys. I, I love this topic of pride in a sense, because I think we're all going to learn um, and we're all going to learn that why we have to lean on the Holy spirit to walk in humility, lean Amen. on the Holy spirit and listen to the Holy spirit. We love you guys. Marinata Shalom.
0: Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Wave Ministries. Visit thewavecolumbus.com for more information.